This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's your host, Chris Demakes. Do you know that I write custom songs? Well, here's a bit of my work. I can write you a sky song or maybe a punk song, a punk song. I want to write you a punk song, a punk song. I want to write you a mid-tempo rock song, something you can't sing along or You don't want to hear me rap. Pick any other style. Trust me. I can even write a ballad for your anniversary or your birthday. Looking for a voiceover, jingle, or music for your business, podcast, or TV show? Well, look no further. I'm your guy. For more info, email me at kristamakes at gmail.com. Now let's get into this awesome episode. Hey, ghouls and goblins, do we have a fun one for you. Today's guest is Mummy Cass, guitarist and vocalist for the Nashville, Tennessee funk rock party band, Here Come the Mummies. We take a deep dive into their fan favorite song, Pants, taken from the 2008 album, Single Entendre. Mummy Cass enlightened me to not only their songwriting process, but also their recording process. The band, made up of well-known studio musicians and Grammy award-winning producers and mixers, none of whose true identities are known, recorded this particular track live in the studio. He talked of how the initial demo and writing of the song was pretty much what ended up as the final version, except for the horn solos, which were charted out before recording. I mentioned how the band throws off the ultimate party vibe, and Mummy Cass couldn't have agreed more. That's what this band strives to do, have fun, and more importantly, bring that fun to their live audiences. And we talk about how the Bob and Tom show introduced Here Come the Mummies to millions of fans. For all this and much more, grab a bottle of your favorite potion, sit back, and enjoy this spooktacular episode. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. All right, Mummy Cass, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, baby. How are you feeling? I am feeling fantastic because I am talking to you. Uh, what a crazy, interesting band. Uh, I don't know if you know much about me, but I've uh, <laughs> I've been in, uh, the guitarist and singer for a band called Less Than Jake for going on 30 years now, and I have certainly heard of your band over the years, uh, but I haven't... 
uh, gotten to know more about you really until I started uh, uh, diving in for this episode because your band is shrouded in mystery. That's your whole thing. And uh, <laughs> I tried my damnedest. And with the internet these days uh, and everything at your fingertips, I figured that, you know what, I'm going to be able to find out who's in this band and you can't. I don't know how, for being a band for 20 years, you've kept it under wraps, but congratulations. So Mummy Cass, the guitarist and vocalist for Here Come the Mummies. Man, there's rumors about who who we are. I mean, someone thought that Justin Timberlake was in the band. Somebody said a Flaming Lips guy and a guy from Journey were in the band. And I can assure you with 100% honesty and truth that we are mummified people from... 4,000 years ago. <laughs> and I want to let my listeners know that uh, I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but I conduct these, uh, uh, my podcast through Zoom just so we can see each other. And uh, man, um, the, the show is audio only, but for the listeners, you know, go, if you're not familiar with Here Come the Mummies, go take a look at them. And, and I want to let you know that Mummy Cast is in full regalia right now. Like he just walked out of the crypt. Yeah, this is great. I can't do anything about this, but lucky for you, I'm looking good. And I, I mean, it might be hard for you to come concentrate because i'm such a good looking <laughs> devil man let me tell you no, I, I, I love a band. Uh, I, I built a career on shtick. I love a band with shtick, but I also love a band with shtick and substance. And man, you guys are players. I mean, each one of you, the, the band is just on fire. Uh, I, I, I encourage all my listeners, if, if you don't know the band, check them out. Check out the live videos. I was just watching you guys from a couple years ago uh, at a wonderful theater uh, I played before called The Blue Note in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, man, it's just watching this audience for, for uh, an understanding underground band you just have this cult following just the women are just dancing and shaking the whole audience is is screaming as loud as they can and if you don't mind i'd like to read real quick uh i usually don't do this but again i i tried my best and i have i i go through a lot of preparation for my episodes and to be quite honest with you it was kind of hard to get <laughs> get info on you because that that's what you're about is is this mystery but from the website it says cursed after deflowering a great pharaoh's daughter or daughters here come the mummies have been delivering their brand of terrifying funk from beyond the grave since the year 2000 AD uh, while their lyrics leave little to the imagination, their raps have been the topic of much speculation. Some say they are reincarnated Grammy-winning studio musicians. Theories abound. Regardless, here come the mummies. Mysterious personas, cunning songcraft, and unrelenting live show will bend your brain and melt your face. Maybe that's why the ladies and some dudes can't stop losing their minds over these mayhem-inducing mavens of mirth. And uh, I, I uh, went on to, to, to do a little aside here. I, you know, I, I, I you may want to add this to your bio. Uh, such hits as uh, She Loves Dick. Attack of <laughs> the Wiener Man and Booty, and uh, of course this fine gem that we'll be talking about uh, today, which is Pants, which is awesome. That bio was written by a guy named Alex Alliteration. Man, it's true, man. He got he got a lot of use of the M's in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the um, Pants is taken from your 2008 album, which I love this title, the 2008 album single entendre and uh so set set this particular tune up uh, for me mommy cass if you can uh where you were when you wrote it and what was the inspiration all right well i got uh, the story as i remember it a long time ago a guy kind of approached the band and said i think this thing should be on broadway and wanted some kind of cross between stomp blue man group and the lion king for all i know and he said <laughs> can you guys go try to write something so a bunch of us got together and said, man, 
we're musicians. We can't, we can't do the musical stuff like the, like, you know, we can't write a Broadway musical. So I think it was Eddie mummy came up with the title. He, he wanted to, and even the chorus, he said, I, I want to write a song about, you know, coming in my pants, going on a date. <laughs> so well, a couple of us kind of got the ideas formulated and, and Eddie mummy and myself sort of finished it off. And we tried to view like we tried to make a picture of what this first date would be. Like if Bob Saget was going on a, a date with Vanna White and he had to drive his Nissan Juke to pick her up, you know? And so, you know, everyone's a little nervous. And I would think that Bob Saget would be nervous going to see Vanna White on a date. I would think so. And uh, anyway, and then we took some liberties to make sure the title fit with the, with the date, uh, you know, story. It, it's fairly simple, but, uh, you know, you're right, man. As Freud said, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. I love it. I love it. So, you know, can you answer me this? Does does all the band live in one spot or are you kind of spread apart? And how, how do you write if you're spread apart? Do you, do you send demos, uh, uh, you know, uh, MP3s to each other? You have, you have your own studios? Well, we do have our own studios, but we do live in one underground crypt. Okay. But it's huge. I mean, you could go, you could walk a mile underground and maybe go to K.W. Tut's room, and he's got a little studio there. But uh, K.W. Tut is a uh, a very, uh, well, I should say most people have heard K.W. Tut's mixes out there on the radio. Gotcha. Well, again, yes, uh, you, you know, the, the, there is definitely some some good intel that you guys are are, are grammy winning studio musicians and uh that have you know as you just said uh mix mix some uh songs that we've all heard in the radio and i and i'm sure that that that's true I, i'm looking here is there currently 11 people still in the band well we usually tour with an eight piece band on stage but there's okay. been so many mummies over the years like a lot of them will sometimes go get a gig somewhere with somebody famous or be in the studio somewhere, but we have been really lucky to end up with a bunch of really good guys that are willing to show up. So yeah, we've got like nine members, I guess nine members on stage now. We just added uh, Dr. Yo. He kind of, he, he was a substitute horn player for a while, but now he's kind of permanently, cause he sings great. And he's been picking up some of my slack over the years. And but we have had over 70 mummies. That is really cool. Well, again, you've been a band now for 21 years, so uh, it's it's been been some time. I could see you, uh, you know, especially with your work schedules. If you're all so busy and, and doing different projects, like hey, I can't go on the road right now. I got to mix this record. <laughs> so you take another mummy out with you. Yeah, a lot of times the pole will be a substitute for KW Tut. They're both bass players, and like the horn section, it's mainly the same guys probably for the last 15 years. But there'll be some subs that come and go, and uh, a few of them have gotten some pretty good gigs that we're not allowed to talk about. But yeah, they're out. You see them on, you know, Jimmy Fallon sometimes. <laughs> well, again, I, I, you know, and I, and I certainly wouldn't have given it away if had I found out. I would have kept your mystery about you. But I dug and dug and dug, and I, and I was telling our producer Chris for the show, you know, I know that. For instance, you're in Columbia, Missouri at the Blue Note. You played there. You guys have to have friends that come out to the show. How The friends come back. Unless you just have a, a no-friend policy, you don't have anybody backstage, nobody knows, you told your wives not to tell their girlfriends, not to tell anybody, because I don't know how, in this day and age with the internet, you've kept this under wraps. Kudos to you guys. It's, it's incredible. We make sure our wives don't talk to our girlfriends. 
I'm kidding. That's that's a good start. That's a good start. I think only our wives know. Our friends don't even know. We just have a mysterious session that we have to do this weekend. It's so cool because there's not not many uh, not many bands that could pull this off. You know, I I, I love your name. Mummy Cast is hilarious. Eddie Mummy kills me. <laughs> and uh, on trumpet on trumpet and deafening squeals, we have the High Priest of Death. Yeah, H Pod. So, That's we just sh- shorten his name to H Pod. H Pod. H Pod. Well, uh, the the track we're about to dive into is called Pants. Uh, the song is three minutes and 25 seconds long. And, you know, uh, even in your bio, and I've, I've seen a couple other things written online that you guys, and there certainly are funk elements. There's rock and roll elements to you. But this particular track, just when it just starts out, uh, it just has to me like a Latin feel to it. Immediately when I heard this song, I loved it. You just you just come on. It makes you want to dance. It makes you just, it makes you happy, you know? And that's uh, that's really cool. Oh, man, it's funny. We got a couple couple latin guys and a couple guys that are uh you know that play latin they're not latin guys but they play latin so there's definitely an influence in there but when we were writing this song we were discussing some one guy had to bring up a bunch of songs that he hated and he did not like smoke on the water so that horn riff is a light homage to the guitar riff on smoke on the water I can hear it now. The bump, 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 bump. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's different enough, but it's funny that it comes out Latin because it was played by the guy who hates smoke on the water and he's a Latin trumpet player. That is, uh, that is, I never would have put two and two together with that, but, but, not, but now I can hear it. That's crazy. Yeah. But like I said, you're, you're such, you're such the perfect band in the sense that you know, people don't have to know your songs. You first of all, just they see these mummies come out on stage. Your stage show. You know, you got the fire machines on stage, and and you come out, and you just, just the whole. It's a spectacle, but the songs are just so well crafted. And like I said, you guys are monster players. There's no there's no fat on the bone here. I mean, you guys are are killer. As I said, the track is three minutes and twenty five seconds long. There's a sixteen second intro. This has, like I said, this like Latin feel. The whole band is in right off the top. sax and the trumpets there's a b3 organ there it's just catchy as hell and then we drop into the first verse which is which is three lines and uh i'm gonna read these lyrics and have you set it up for me mommy cass monday tuesday hump day is halfway stick it in the pig pop it in the bank saturday is coming quicker than you think oh man it it's simple it sounds a little nasty but it's not baby it's <laughs> counting down the days to your first date with vanna white and when it's Wednesday and you got to take your money, you put it in the piggy bank and then you, then you take it to the bank and you save your money. Cause Vanna White's not going to, you know, she's gonna, not going to walk like McDonald's drive through. You know what I'm saying? No, she's a little more high end than that. Right. Yeah. It's got to be down to the letter with that girl. <laughs> I love right after the first line, Monday, Tuesday, hump day is halfway. There's these two quick snare rolls and then the band comes to a complete stop. Then there's this little piano lick that happens before the whole band jumps back in for the other two lines. Tuesday, hump day is halfway. Stick it in the pig, pop it in the bank. Saturday's coming quicker than you think. 
it's just classy and it's just you can tell that that you guys are players uh jumping into the pre-chorus it's still full band but it goes to like this you know like bass drum build up and the lyric is 48 to rendezvous i'm gonna blow a wad on you oh 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 and set these lyrics up for you. Then I have some, some questions about the track. All right. Well, you know, obviously there's two days until the rendezvous and, uh, you know, the wad, which I guess we've always had this joke about having to go to songwriter court. And explain explain ourselves, because uh, I think some people might have taken these lyrics the wrong way. But yes. the wad that we might be talking about in this song is the wad of cash. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna blow my my wad of cash on you. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I know that. Uh, again, I researched it, and this is where I would start asking about uh, the writing of the song in terms of like the producer. Um, I'm assuming you can't tell me who produced it, but can you tell me if somebody in the band produced the track? Did you guys all produce it? Yeah, I mean, it's all in-house produced by the guys in the band. Okay. A lot of times, like, I think, you know, Eddie Mummy and myself will write most of the songs, but Spaz has written a ton of songs. We've been writing with, uh, well, with KW, Tut, and Midnight Mummy, who's kind of come on the scene in the last five years, really strong with the songwriting stuff. And then we'll go to kind of demo land and we'll take it up and kind of do a, a quick version of the song. And sometimes we'll record it as a full band with the horns and everything at the same time. And But a lot of times it's the rhythm section. When we record with, with Midnight Mummy, he's great because he's a horn player. So he, we can kind of have him play a rough sketch of what we think the horns are going to be. So the producing is a lot of times in the demo stages with Eddie Mummy and myself. Eddie's playing drums, I'm doing guitars and vocals most of the time. And then like if we go into rhythm section land, it's it's kind of a, I'm going to call it a democracy because I mean, we do listen to everybody's ideas. And, and again, like that piano roll you were talking, the piano thing you were talking about. Yeah. Spaz is brilliant with, with uh, musical hooks. And sometimes he, uh, sometimes he plays too many, but you know, he's always coming up with yeah, so many things like you got to make sure you get it in the song. So we'll add a couple bars so we can get that brilliant piano thing in there. You know, he's a ripper. And I guess up to this point, I'll ask you right now, do you remember the evolution of the song? The, the initial demo that maybe, maybe you or Eddie mummy had, had, had come to the band with, was this pretty much the, the lyric and pretty much the arrangement up to this point? Yeah. I think the arrangement and the lyrics were all the way they are. But, uh, I, if I remember, I think we cut this thing totally in the studio with everybody. Wow. Yeah. And that it was a long time ago that we did this song, but yeah, it's probably almost 20 years ago. And I can believe that because I, I could not believe, uh, again, you, you could, you could just tell that you guys, <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're studio musicians. You're, you're incredible. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, check out, uh, type in the mummy's pants on the Bob and Tom show. Uh, there's over uh, 2.8 million views of the song on there and seeing you play that song live. You played it on their show a couple times live, just seeing it on there and just, uh, the musicianship, it, it sounds like the studio recording. So it's not surprising to me that you cut this live off the floor. Man, yeah, and we got a, we got ourselves a, a heck of a good uh, live engineer, and he's mixed a few of our live uh, 
videos and 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 live you know music that we put out but uh yeah he he knows what he's doing man um and we got in ears we put the in ears in and we're listening to uh some nice sound and tones from everybody every night it feels good to be on stage uh you know especially with the current group of guys we got for for a bunch of guys that looks dead you, you actually feel alive i i, I that's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah man <laughs> Some nights are better than others, like as you know, but uh, most of the oh, time sh- it almost doesn't matter where we're playing uh, and we can feel the energy of the crowd. And I got to say the only people that are weirder or a stranger in that whole building is, is the guys in the band. <laughs> well, what I loved about watching the Bob and Tom show is just seeing the Bob and Tom and their staff just crack up when you get to certain lyrics, you know, because it's just like I said, it's fun. There's times when uh, there are lyrics or there's things that are crass and sometimes crass can be funny, but sometimes it's just too over the top and, and, you know, nothing really offends me. I like a, a a dirty joke or a dirty song, but uh, there, there's some, there's some class, there's some finesse going on here. You know, the, the line, I'm going to blow a wad on you. Yeah, of course it's about money. It's not about what your dirty mind is is portraying. Right. And yeah, man, it's funny. I think the Bob and Tom guys really kind of responded to that stuff pretty quick. They, (laughs) <laughs> they got their own music and they make some pretty pretty clever tunes that kind of goes along the uh well we'll call it the double entendre route but uh but without the bob and tom guys they they made this band take off i mean i uh it, without them we we wouldn't have gotten the the, the audiences that we got and I believe that really helped you. Like I said, the the views that you had on there eclipse uh, a lot of the other stuff that you have online. So I, I could really tell. And again, when I watched your live performances of you out at venues, this isn't just uh, a couple people in the front row, the whole audience. You know, I call it that cult following. You know, I'm, I'm lucky enough. M- my, my band has that. We're, we're not superstars. We're not on the radio. But but the people that come to see us play, the whole building knows who we are. And that's a beautiful feeling. Uh, before we go any further, just wanted to say that, you know, again, for as much as you guys have going on outside of the band, each one of you being accomplished producers, studio musicians, etc., you guys have released 10 studio albums, four EPs, and four live albums uh, over the years. That's that's an incredible amount of material, uh, uh, very prolific for being so busy outside of the band. Yeah, man. Uh we're always working on it, and uh, you know it's kind of the dream. It's it's it, we uh, when we get together, it, it seems like there's no shortages of uh, I don't know uh, slightly off-colored jokes, uh, and there's always a title in there. And I, I was getting a signal from uh, one of my behind-the-scenes guys, like we wrote a song about uh, about lo- everlasting love called "Kind of Lingers," and. Uh, you know, and uh, we got kicked off at of WGN in Chicago for playing it. I think they mistake the uh, mistook the uh, words kind of lingers for something else, but. Ah, yeah. And uh, the Bob and Tom guys, those guys got it right away. Sometimes you have to uh, to, to stick to here. That, that's their problem. If they didn't get it. Those people exactly. in Chicago. If, if, if it's too dirty for you, then maybe shame on you. What are you thinking about? Man? Yeah. What skeletons are in your closet? 
Hey, everybody, don't you dare go anywhere. There's lots more Chris to make a podcast after these messages from our sponsors. If you're looking for an inexpensive and unique gift for a friend, family member, or even for yourself, check out iloveenamelpins.com. From Hollywood stars like Jeff Goldblum and Meryl Streep, to fictional characters like the Golden Girls or Jack Torrance, to sports stars and musicians and politicians and dogs and cats, there's something for everyone at iloveenamelpins.com. As an added bonus, use the discount code ChrisDemakes at checkout to save 30% off your order at iloveenamelpins.com. Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. From easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with the Spotify Canvas Generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, Artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. And now, back to the show. Well, at the 37-second mark, pretty quick, we're in the first chorus. And uh, I'm going to re- recite these lyrics, and uh, then I'll have you talk about these, and, and uh, I'll, I'll go into some other things I want to discuss uh, with the arrangement. Uh, I'm coming in my pants, my shirt, it's my best suit, baby. Gonna pick your flower. Gonna be there in an hour. Coming in my pants. Shined shoes in my necktie, honey. I'm so excited. I hope that I don't come too soon. And on the word soon, you hold it out. Soon! <laughs> oh, 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 I'm going in my pants, my shirt. It's my best suit, baby. Gonna pick your flower. Gonna be there in an hour. Coming in my pants, shined shoes in my necktie. In my notes, I wrote that uh, kind of sounds like you've uh, vocally hit your climax. Yeah, man you don't want to you don't want <laughs> to do uh, premature dateulation. You know, you don't want to show up too early for your date. You don't want to be late either. You don't want Vanna getting upset. But uh, as long as you uh, get there within like three minutes, but if you show up at like an hour early and the sun's still shining, you you don't want to be there, baby. It's a bummer. But yeah, so you're saying I'm coming in my pants. You got these great pants, my shirt, your best suit. You got to dress up for your first date. You want to dress to impress. 
And after that uh, vocal climax, that high note of soon, like I said, the band stops completely. And then when it comes back in, it's another full reintro of the top of the song. And by now, again, the song is so catchy and so danceable that just, and I loved it. When when this reintro part came on in the, in the live video I watched from, from Missouri, just now the the uh, now they're really dancing now you got them you know you, you had them from the get-go but now the now they're really moving it's really cool we want to make sure that people can sing the chorus by the second time it comes around hopefully you know yeah yeah that that's the idea right yeah that's that's the goal man i didn't uh this should be music you can uh you can dig if you've got you know add you know what i'm saying <laughs> well, no, and and I I know I've brought this up a couple times now, but I I think there's something important to to what I said earlier, and, and I'll say it again: is there's a and I don't mean simplistic at all by the musicianship, but there's something a little simplistic here that the lyrics are kind of uh, uh, face value that you like you said you can re- you remember them after the second the, the, the first chorus, and you can sing the hook, and the music is just so catchy that you don't have to know the band to love it. You know, and you, the way you guys execute it, uh, especially with all your outfits and everything, it's, it's just it, it's great. Yeah. I mean, we try for that. But any any time we feel we're falling short, we get our light guy to shoot some lasers. And <laughs> <laughs> Which your light guy is on point, man. He had some great the, the, the lights went great with this song. You know, the the did the, the, the in the first verse that the snare does. I was talking about that first line. The lights go with it. Perfect. So uh, kudos to him. Um after this full reintro, we're into verse number two, and uh, this is cool because I'll, I'll get into the lyrics in, in a second, but after the first line here, uh, <clears throat> it's the same snare roll again, but after the snare roll, there's not silence. There's like this cool hi-hat kick tom fill that happens. And then we're into the lyrics. I can't move on. Attention is long gone. Suits all pressed. Wallets in shape. The only thing that's left is a little manscape. <laughs> We've been accused of being metrosexuals. We we like to keep everything neat and trim. Yeah, you got to trim trim your beard up, right? Before you go on the date with Vanna. There's no like eyebrow hair, no ear hair hanging out. Got to do the manscaping, baby. What I love about uh, uh, pre-chorus number two which we get into is uh, we're a day closer now, mommy Cass. We're, we're not, we're not 48 hours out. Uh, this lyric is 24 to rendezvous. I'm going to blow a wad on you. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, on you and on the O's, there's a harmony after 24 to rendezvous that line. This time there's a really cool, catchy. I can't wait. I can't wait. Backing vocal. Call was that on the first demo, or is that something in the studio that you just wanted to kind of build the song at this point? I, I can't remember if it was on the demo or not, but those could have been the uh, little voices in my head, like the little leprechauns that tell you to eat Cool Whip and burn things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's the that's the sound that's happening in my head on the way to the on the date. I just can't wait, baby. I love that backing vocal. It adds this. Uh... This sense of like urgency, like this, you know, but but an optimistic urgency. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, like you're, you're going on that date. You know, it's uh, I, I love that. And and then we're back. We're back into the chorus again. We're in chorus number two. Uh, I'm going to read this again. And uh, I want to talk about the 
the backing vocals on this on this one uh, when we get into it. Again, the lyric is, I'm coming in my pants, my shirt. It's my best suit, baby. Gonna pick your flower. Gonna be there in an hour. Coming in my pants, shined shoes, in my necktie, honey. I'm so excited. I hope that I don't come too soon. And again, the soon is held out. The band comes to a complete stop while, that, while that's ringing out. Catchy as hell. These are the same... Uh, spots of harmonies that there were in the first chorus and it's just on the line best suit baby gonna pick your flower gonna be there in an hour coming in my pants shine shoes and my necktie honey and, it, and there's no harmonies on the last line do you remember if that was a studio thing or when you were rehearsing this as a band is that where you put the I, i'm always intrigued by harmonies of, of why they're put in certain places and it works wonderfully here but you know why wasn't there a harmony on the last line or the first line what why you why you put them where you put them i think maybe to kind of make some of the things a little different but i don't remember why that happened or didn't happen everybody all the whole rhythm section sings in this band and a couple of them are really great singers so there's always some kind of input and whatever feels right at the time for some reason i got a feeling that kw tut had something to do with that he's uh you know the mixers involved he probably wanted to maybe change the energy up or something who has the high, high tenor voice or even alto voice? There's some high stuff in there. It, it, it almost sounded like a woman singing. Is there a woman singing anywhere on this track? No, there's not. That might that might have been Uzi Mummy, who had a misfortunate accent with a blender about five years ago. <laughs> okay. But a lot of the high stuff, the high and the low stuff, was sung by Eddie Mummy. He kind of got a pretty good range. But I think wow. this okay. song might have had Uzi Mummy in it. Okay, yeah, there's something up there. It almost, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It almost sounded like kind of like a, a woman gospel singer, that kind of soul type of flair to it. And I was like, is that a woman? So that's really, uh, wh- whoever did that is uh, ha- has a really high voice. It's really cool and really stuck out. Oh, 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 I'm coming in my pants. My shirt is my best suit, baby. Gonna pick your flower. Gonna be there in an hour. Coming in my pants, shine shoes, and my neck. After the second chorus, after that stop, uh, we're right into a guitar solo. The horns are playing a killer uh, counter melody to the solo. And then at about the two minute mark for about five seconds, the band does this killer descending part that that just kind of leads down uh, into the bridge. about this a little bit like you know i know you said you cut this song off the floor was this part the guitar solo and what the horns are doing was that improvised or did you remember spending time on that well i know that we had planned that out because some of these songs will send the demo to one of the horn players to do a chart because it's kind of hard to get a section together yeah uh, and play it together so i've always been a big fan of the horn solely which for those who don't know that's that's kind of the name that uh nerdy music uh, horn players used for a sort of a a solo sectional of horns you know if, if all the horns are playing something together instead of a solo they call it a soli and yeah. always it's almost so many songs i say hey hey man can we can we get the horns doing something together here i i've always liked that in in some of the earth wind and fire so- stuff yeah yeah you know, 
the Commodores have things like that. Cool and the gang do. Cool. I was to say cool, cool and the gang. Yeah. Even, even as back as like, as far as the temptations and some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's really interesting is, um, you know, you guys have, uh, I believe at least live, you, you use two trumpets and a saxophone. Is that what's on this track? I don't remember, but right now when we had a trumpet player and the flu was playing baritone sax, he wrote mm-hmm. on the charts. And then we had a uh, mommy raw playing uh, uh, tenor sax. Now the flu is switched to, uh, to an alto sax. So, um, and there's been a couple times like back then we had two trumpets, a Barry and an alto, uh, sorry, a Barry and a tenor. The section sounds incredible. And again, not sure if you know about my band, my band has a horn section. I say section, it's two people. It's a, it's a saxophone and a trombone. So uh, I've been around horns for, for many years. You guys, the, the playing on this is exceptional. It, it, it is so good. And I love this solo part because what starts out as a guitar solo halfway through, I, I was realizing I'm listening to both a guitar solo and a horn solo. They're both kind of coexisting together, which is, which I love that part. The original idea for this band was to not single anybody out. We didn't want people to, you know, like the lead singer or the, you know, the soloist or something. So we try to make sure everybody's got, I guess, time to be creative on the records and live. You know, get get your time, do whatever you want. And give us a nod when you're done with your solo. Kind of <laughs> well, I got to say, you know, and again, you, you've been around. I've certainly heard your name. Uh, over the years, but there again, there's this this mystery that you guys have too that kind of keeps you pushed back a little bit. You're not in the for, in the forefront so much, and a lot of that has to do, I'm sure, with all all the other stuff you have going in your lives. But uh, you know, not uh, not for not for nothing here. I you're, you're you're my new old favorite band. Does that make sense? You're <laughs> all right. That's cool. I, I, I love it. I love I love everything about the the whole thing is just is great. And the and I've I've uh, started diving into some some of your other tracks. It's it, it's really cool. After this guitar solo horn solo section, we get into a bridge, which is pretty much like an extended pre-chorus at this point. It's the same uh, same uh, chord progression, and uh, I love this part because um, the lyric is uh, you're still you're still 24 hours out, uh, 24 to rendezvous and the I can't waits are there again. I can't wait. I can't wait. But there's also an I can't wait growling, sneering vocal, which is panned off to the left, kind of out of time. And now that I'm talking to you, that sounds like you doing that. It's not me though. That was Java Mummy. <laughs> yeah, he left the band, man. I miss him every single day. He he was usually the guy that did the interviews, and he was he did a lot of like the I don't know if it, MC is the right way to do it, but he was kind of we'd have certain parts of the show where he would get the audience going, and when he left, it kind of broke my heart because now the job has falls on me it kind of reminded me where it's kind of like off time a little bit it's like this i can't wait this growling like sinister type thing but it almost like made me kind of harken back to like something like little richard would do you know his little little things that you just kind of put kind of off time to the music just like uh i just love that part and then the second line uh i'm gonna blow a wad on you and then the i can't waits are there twice with a ow there's just a quick ow (laughs) it kind of kind of sticks out at you 
he was kind of a troglodyte. I don't know if you know that song, but. My name was Bertha. Bertha Butt. She's one of the Butt sisters. He didn't care. He looked up, he said, Suck it to me, 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 suck it to me. But he's kind of got that that deep funk, like, uh, you know, out of the movie Dolomites or something like that. He was like a, a lovable evil guy. I don't know how else to put it, but he was naughty. He was a funny dude. Yeah, it's it, it, it just kind of adds something here because, again, you, you're kind of hearing the uh, basically the pre-chorus, but it's extended. The third line is 24 or excuse me, 24 to rendezvous. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then there's that sneering vocal again of I can't wait. You get on that line. You did it right with the fist too, man. You put he put used to put his fist up just like that. <laughs> and I'll, the listeners can't see it, but mummy saw me put my fist up when I said that. I, I can't wait. Um, I'm gonna blow a wad on you and on you and on the OOOs that's set up for the chorus. There's harmonies uh, on those parts. And uh, during this whole thing, it's like breakdown drum parts with lots of cool fills and energy. So again, it's it, it harkens back to the pre-chorus, but it, it, it gives it a different feel here. Yeah, I, I think uh, Eddie Mummy might have been uh, channeling Keith Moon on that or, or Animal from The Muppet Show. <laughs> that is the perfect uh, the perfect comparison. A- animal and uh, Keith Moon right there. Yeah, there's a lot a lot going on, but it, but it's uh, but it's classy. It's not overplayed. Well. You might be the first to say that, but we'll take it, man. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, I say it's not overplayed. It's it might be overplayed, but it's uh, I think it's per- perfect for this part. Um, getting into now the uh, last chorus, which is a double chorus here, and uh, uh, I'm gonna read it. I, I'm gonna usually by the third chorus. I don't read the all the lyrics again, but uh, I think these need to be read again for the listeners. I'm coming in my pants, my shirt. It's my best suit, baby. Gonna pick your flower. Gonna be there in an hour. Um, and on that line, could be there an hour. There's like some vocal scatting, I'm calling it. That's kind of pan left. I couldn't really distinguish what was actually being said. Like, a, there's just something going on over there. Again, I, I think that was Java again, but KW Tut has always been known for this, for uh, I guess singing gibberish on some of the tracks. You can hear him in there spelling out words that don't exist. Yeah, no, there's there's some definitely some gibberish going on there, but again, it adds to this. Uh, it's a party element. It almost feels like by the time I got to this point in the song and I've heard this, and like I said, it's kind of panned off to the left. I feel like I'm 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 at a party and I'm watching this band, but there's people talking behind me. That's kind of what it made me feel like. And I think it, that really adds something to the track. Oh man, it, it should feel like a party. That's the whole thing. I we've we've said we say this in our shows every every night, but we kind of believe more is more uh with this band especially. And so yeah. If the party vibes there, I mean, this band's all about people maybe forgetting maybe problems they're having at home or any bad stuff that's happening in the world. This should be a little off switch or maybe a little rest area for all the stuff you each person's dealing with individually. Come here, have a good time and be nice to everybody. But that's what we want. We want that party vibe 
you want everybody feeling good and and hope i'm glad that you picked that up we try to do that it's we always do double choruses hopefully people are singing along again um there's something real here you guys are players you got the show and and there's an underlying thing here that i take away is it's fun it's just fun you know, it's like you're you're at a party. This track it just oozes that, and I loved going and and uh, I always do research the, the seeing a band play live. I like to get that vibe too. But I loved watching uh, the audience react to you because it was it was what I thought it was going to be, and it made me happy just to see people grooving. They were dancing so hard to you and singing every word. Yeah, man, we and we love seeing uh, new people in the audience. I mean, we've got we've got people everywhere after you know after twenty something years of touring around with. We, you know, we've got a, a really pretty good audience, but there's always new people there, and you can see their faces when they, uh, when they start listening to the lyrics and maybe getting <laughs> uh, distracted by the light show or whatever. Right, right. Well, um, on the, it, it continues on here after that vocal scatting. We're still in the uh, last chorus, the first half of it. Uh, Coming in my pants, shine shoes, and my necktie, honey. I'm so excited. I hope that I don't. And then it says, I won't, or I actually I have a question mark there. I don't know if you says, I, I hope that I won't, or I don't, I couldn't tell, you know, what, what's that lyric there, man, that is probably supposed to be, I don't, but it could have been, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool, which is actually cool. You don't get the come too soon. You don't, you don't get that there, you, it, it, you, but you know, uh, now that you're into the second half of the course that it's probably coming, no pun intended. Um, and uh, we get into the uh, last half of chorus three. I'm coming on my pants, my shirt. It's my best suit, baby. And on that line, it's my on the on the word my. You hear the 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 sinister growly vocal say, "Whoa, I'm gonna come in my pants." <laughs> <laughs> When I heard that, I actually laughed out loud because it's so ridiculous. It was just, it was just, you know, uh, it, it made me smile. What can I say? I'm genuinely laughing. I'm smiling ear to ear. It's, it's great. Well, when we record, when we recorded these songs, especially in the early days, <laughs> we would just let Java go. We just put the song, yeah. put it in record. And sometimes we'd give him two or three, tri- you know, passes at it. <laughs> and I think I've got about six hours of Java just saying whatever is, is kind of like, was that mystery theater 2000 with a, yeah, it's sort of like he's commenting on the lyrics as they go by. And I think I got six hours of him ad living stuff. Well, I love, I love that part on the Bob and Tom show though. They about pissed themselves when, when he said that it's just, it killed me. Um, and, uh, going to pick your flower. going to be there in an hour coming in my pants, shine shoes and my necktie, honey. I'm so excited. I hope that I don't come too soon. And, um, uh, on the second half here, uh, of chorus three, after the, uh, first time after you say, I'm so excited, uh, the drums go to double time and it's just building, you know? And it's and, and the chorus is just rocking, but but it's just adding this extra energy there. And uh, the last line has the the soon again, and then there's this ah oh, damn <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which almost uh, makes me think. I'll try to let me see if I can uh, massage this a little bit. Uh, 
uh, almost makes me think like he arrived too soon. How's that? Yeah, man. It, it's all, you know, timing is, is, is really <laughs> important with uh, dating. And uh, yes, you want to build up to the most uh, glorious evening you can have. And uh, if, you, <laughs> if you time it wrong, maybe somebody goes home disappointed. Yes, and that that sounds like, uh, yeah, he might have been a little disappointed. Uh, Again, there's killer drum fills, and there's just this classic rock ending with the cymbals and the drums kind of ringing out. And uh, the song ends, and I had to actually look this up, Mummy Cass. I didn't know the term for this. It ends uh, with, with a glissando. And a glissando, uh, a gliss for short, is when you take your hands on a piano and you go all the way down. And there's a there's a gliss, and then there's a cymbal, uh, a cymbal, uh, snare, kick, drum hit, and then it just ends with the low piano D flat note, and that's and the and the song is done, and it's awesome. <laughs> Man, I I don't know where it, I think if you kept the tape playing after that, you would have heard uh, more of that stuff. We we always had this kind of competition. To, it was all in fun to make the other guys laugh, but who could be the last note on each song? <laughs> we still do it a little bit live. Like who can hold their note out just a little longer or do one less hit? And uh. For some, I for, I think in Spaz wins most of these. I got to be honest with you. It's those it's those little things, and uh, when you're in a band for as long as you've been in the band, they, they keep it interesting, huh? Yeah, and I and again, this song was one of the first earliest songs in the band too. So we were we were doing some of these uh, kind of internal games with each other way back then. Yeah, well, um, you know, you got a new fan. You, this floored me. Uh, my producer, Chris, had brought uh, you guys. Again, I had heard of you, but he brought it to my attention. So we should get them, you know, here come the mummies on. And I'm so glad that he that he suggested it. I uh, have, have dove right in. I love it. I can't wait to see you guys live and hopefully play a show with you sometime. It'd be, it'd be an honor. Um, can you leave our listeners with anything you have going on? I know that you're, you're going to be playing a show soon where my producer, Chris, uh, grew up in Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, man. We, we've got a lot coming up we're probably going to be able to quite possibly make up for all the dates we missed because of covid yeah we're going to be all over we're going to hit all the same places we've always hit we've got a, a big halloween you know ready to go and well uh and where's the best place for uh people if they want to find your your tour dates best place to go look yeah, go to go to our website our website at here come the awesome but yeah man i'd love to do a show together man we uh yeah, uh, we're all we're all over the place, especially Midwest. If you're torn, hit us up. Right on. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. It was so great to talk to you. Thank you for making the time, and I wish you nothing but continued success. And uh, like I said, you got a new fan. You guys are amazing. All right, Chris and Chris, thank you, boys. Take care. All right, baby. Hey, everybody, don't touch that dial. There's plenty more Chris to Makes a Podcast after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.
Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song via MP3 only and bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. Today's featured band is Sunliner from Leeds, England. They are a punk rock band which consists of Jake on vocals and guitar, Jaunty on the guitar, Calfs on the bass, and Harry on the drums. Here's a snippet of their song, Structure. The Rap with Chris and Chris. Well, that was incredible, man. And I'm so glad that my friend Josh played Here Come the Mummies for me because the second I heard him, I'm like, we got to get them on the podcast. You get all you get all the credit. No, and, and, and like I said, while I was certainly familiar with the band, um, I just never, they never got um, in, into my ear until you really brought it up and I, I dove into it. Now I'm just like, wow, how did I miss these guys? And I meant what I said. I would love to play shows with this band. I think that that LTJ fans would just get a kick out of it. They're just instantly catchy and fun. Absolutely. I mean, your music's not exactly the same, but I feel like the element of fun in your live show would just resonate with each other's audiences. Yeah. And yeah, dude, this, this band is awesome. Well, and you and I talked about it and I kind of even brought it up in the episode and, and, uh, you know, he, 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 he mentions, he says, that's a funny joke about, we don't tell our wives about our girlfriends or girlfriends about our <laughs> wives or something. But I, I meant what I said. It's like, do they not have friends and people come backstage? Like how have they kept this under wraps? Uh, you know, how, how, how does nobody know who these guys are? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. We dug and dug on the internet to try to figure out like, who is this? Like, I want to know who KW Tut is. <laughs> Apparently it's someone that's mixing all these huge songs, but, uh, now these, these I, guys I, are the yeah. who's who of, of not only studio musicians, but producers, engineers, uh, they're behind the scenes. They're big names. Who's ever in this band, and they do this for fun. They go out and play a few dates. Uh, you can just tell he loves what he does. And I don't know if he had any other press uh, going on today, but it, it didn't take him two seconds to put on that outfit. Like it's <laughs> full makeup. His hands, his face. Like this is like the real deal, dude. I feel bad that this is an audio only podcast because of this episode alone. Usually, I'm like, why would people want to look at? two people on a zoom camera uh, looking at each other. But this guy, I mean, this was a all out mummy with candles and uh, it looked like he was in a dungeon. Like, I don't know if it was a backdrop behind him. It was like a brick wall. It looked like he was in a, you know, it was amazing. It, it was, was so cool. And I just love, and, and I, I said it a couple of times in the episode, or I alluded to the fact that there are shtick bands out there. There's bands you see at the bar and a couple guys are in wigs or they have this or that. And it's kind of funny for the first song and a half. And, 
And then the musicianship starts to wear on you, like the drummer can't play and the guitar player is just all right. And now with with th- with this band, it's down to the whole production. The like I said, their lighting guy, the stage show, the props, the the way they're dressed, the the, the musicianship is just it, it's you know it's it's amazing. The stage show will get you so far, but if the music doesn't back it up, then yes. it's it's nothing more than costumes and lights. And not that that's not important, but the songs have to be there. And these guys have the songs, you know. And I, no, I they thought deli- one, they, de- they, yeah. they deliver. <laughs> well, one thing you talked about in this episode, and we've talked about this before, but I thought it was cool to hear Mummy Cass say it was that in in reference to this song, but I think it's in reference to most of their songs is. He wanted to make sure that the audience can sing the chorus by the second time they hear it. And this is the, this song's perfect example. Like, you know that chorus, coming in my pants, my shoes. You know it <laughs> after the first time you hear it, which is, I don't know, that's just great songwriting. No, it, it is. And I think that that's why watching their live videos, why it works so well. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that they're, they're that kind of cult band that the fans are ravenous that everybody in the building, the live videos that I saw knows who they are, but might not be. It might just be that it's just that it's just so damn catchy musically. And the lyrics just hit you over the head, as he said, that by the second chorus, you know it already. It's that uh, you know, instantaneously catchy. It's 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 so good. I'm going to assume that their shows are half people that are the cult following know all the lyrics. And then you have the other half of like people who their friends are like, you got to come see this band and then just <laughs> see the reaction and just can't help but get into it. I, I know that I would be like that. Now, by the time I go see them, I'm going to know their songs. But I think that if I was at their show, I wouldn't be able to resist, you know? Yeah, they're they're the ultimate uh, the ultimate party band. They really are. They're they're that band that could be could be. Uh, uh, they could play anything. They could play the local fair downtown. People, kids of all ages, everyone's gonna love it. Uh, it and it's the, the the songs are clean enough. Uh, at least the ones I've heard that like, there's that uh, that that double entendre in there where yes, it, they could play to a family gathering. Uh, these th- these guys could get hired for a corporate party. They're just they're they could do they could do anything. There's so much fun. <laughs> you gonna take it, your family to go see mummies singing about coming in their pants? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe yeah, because he's 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 coming in his suit. He's coming in his shirt. That's, he's showing up. You know, he's gonna true, blow his money true. his his wad on his. Yeah, exactly. Significant other, his love uh, interest. <laughs> it made me laugh when he was talking about how they have a competition to see you can hit the last note in the song, <laughs> yeah. which I know that I've done that with my bands. You know, like that's that's just like a funny band thing to do. That made me laugh. And uh, well, and two, it's just you know him talking about how they they cut this live off the floor, which I I totally believe it because when I saw their performance on on uh, you know Bob and Tom's show, that's just wow. They're just players, you know, and you can tell they can back it up. And then, of course, watching their uh, live performances from different venues, they're just uh, they're absolute rippers. You can hear that live energy in the recording of this song for sure. And uh, one thing Chris said he talked about in there is like from those live videos that you can go watch on YouTube is he's talking about the difference that in-ears make, that they have a real good, uh, you know, mixing engineer when they're playing live. And dude, just recently in Punchline, we, you know, been playing with in-ears of practice and stuff. And oh my God, the world of difference after 20 some years of being at practice and just everybody's trying to out loud each other (laughs) to be able to hear, you know, everybody turning up, turning up, turning up to be able to hear themselves and to just have a nice mix. 
that makes a world of difference. Yeah, and for the listeners out there, you know, we always try to keep things down to basic terms here for for everyone to understand and enjoy. You know, in ear uh, in ears are in ear speakers, and basically, you tilt your head to one side, and and they actually squirt this gunk, this uh, this goo into your ear, and it molds, and they pull it out, and they send it off, and they have a mold of your ear canal, and they they send you back these little uh, basically headphones that are molded, but they fit super tight. The first time you put them in, it's weird. It's almost like you're in the bottom of a swimming pool. You can't hear anything. And that's for that isolation. So that is in stark contrast to not playing with speakers in your ears and just listening to monitors off the floor and the music in the building. You're getting all the overtones. You're getting the fans screaming. You're getting your bass player being too loud. Hello, Roger. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's very hard to hear some nights. And the in-ear monitors have really uh, uh, made everything, you know, you can decide if you want snare drum in your, in your ear ears, or if you want more bass or more vocals. And it's just a, it's a way more controlled environment to, to be able to listen to one another. And, you know, for these guys being such amazing musicians, having those great tones in your ears, it gives, it, it adds to what Chris was just saying. It adds to that live feel. Yeah, it adds to the energy, the, the way energy. you feel when you're playing, you know, because if it, you know, sometimes you get lucky and the monitors sound great, but there's some nights where no matter what the engineer does with those monitors on the front of the stage, you're not going to get that feeling. But with it, with in-ear monitors, you can have the same mix every night and you can always get that, I don't know, that live feeling. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I, I, the, the main thing that I took away from talking to him that really, really put a smile on my face was how much he enjoys this. He just had a smile on his face the whole time. Yeah. He was in character, but this wasn't just another interview at, you know, today, this was this, he enjoys what he does. He has this life as whether he's a studio musician, producer, whatever he does, he's, he's somebody, (laughs) I don't know who he is, but (laughs) he's somebody who that's, I don't mean to interrupt you, but who knows who we were just talking to? That's what's crazy. Like, it's, who knows it's what ama- he's played in, what band he's in, what he's produced? Like, we don't know. That's awesome. No, he, he's he's definitely somebody. And to see him get a kick out of having this band with his friends, and you know that they just get in the studio and have a laugh. I mean, yeah. it's just some of these lines, like that one line where, you know, he, he yells out, uh, uh, whoa, I'm going to come in my pants. Like, when that happened in the studio, they, I could just see everyone falling back in their chair. You know, yeah. it just, it's... Uh, Hanging out with your friends, making fun music. It's really cool. Hell yeah, man. And speaking of hell, this was the second Halloween episode of the month, Chris. Yes, I think this was a very fitting one that we had a mummy on for Halloween. <laughs> Mummies are a big part of Halloween. Last week, we had the, the three little pigs guy. This week, we got the mummy guy. We're getting all I, the guys. <laughs> we are. It's just the fact that he came dressed in full regalia, on, uh, unabashed. I turned I turned a zoom on, and there he is. That, that, was, uh, that was awesome. Uh, speaking of uh, cool things, uh, we have a supporting cast VIP group that we would love you to be a part of, where you can get bonus episodes, all kinds of other content, uh, discounts on merchandise. You can find that at chrisdemakes.com. Come join us for some fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We make some cool after-party podcast episodes either every week or every other week, depending on if you do the $5 or $10 a month level. Regardless of which level you choose, it helps us out a lot. It helps us continue to make the podcast that you love. That's my catchphrase for joining Supporting Cast. You'll be supporting the podcast 
that you love. Little pause in there. You like that little pause? <laughs> I I love it. Thanks for and and for real. Thank you each and everyone out there for all your support. Everyone who uh, has joined the Krista Makes a Podcast Facebook group and just anybody who tunes in each week to listen. I really appreciate it. Want to thank this week's guest, Mummy Cass, for being here with us. What a cool band! Here come the mummies. Make sure to check them out, and we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.